Welcome to The Planet, the podcast for L Word fans. I'm Elka. And I'm Casey. And today we are going to talk about episode 4, Light My Fire. Come on, baby, light my fire. Nice. So, I think that we have finally belatedly figured out what the hell is going on in these intro scenes. We thought that they were all connected through one person, but apparently, much like the chart, um, the intro scenes are just the string of in- interconnected sexual encounters. So, last week, we went from Tony to Agatha on the Jesus bus, and this week, we now go from Agatha to, what is it, Peter? Frank. <laughs> in the Jesus orgy. Yeah, that was Frank. Group sex for Jesus. <laughs> Save yourself. Oh, um, and I love the uh, quote from that first little scene, like Christian Peter Frank, whatever his name is. He's all like, uh, it's okay. Jesus hates fags more than he hates dykes. I could see that. <laughs> neener, neener. Screw you, fags. You're going to hell. Oh, and I love the 80s hair in that flashback. Jesus saves through group Christian sex. I don't know why those Christians are always flaunting their sexuality. Do you have anything to say this week, Casey? (laughs) Or is it just going to be the Elka show from now on? Shut up. The opening scene is Jenny burning her book, and then Moira shows up. And like I said last week... Can Jenny get any cuter? And then they did it because they put glasses on I her. know, Jenny and glasses. How cute is that? What? Don't click your pen, goddammit! I did it! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh my god, Jenny and glasses. What are so they going to do next? Like, how can you get cuter? They're going to just have her carrying an Elmo doll around. I don't know, maybe she'll find a kitten. She doesn't do well with pets, remember? Boyra is kind of like a stray kitten that Jenny's picked up. Okay, so Boyra comes back. She's like, I don't fit in. I don't know what to do. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, she had to gather herself. She was thrown into the L.A. scene, and she was shaken up and then spit out, and now she's back for more. I don't think Jenny is all that L.A. other than her having somehow this amazing vintage wardrobe on a Wild Oats market salary. But at least Moira changed her shirt, finally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, by the way, Jenny's book that she... Did she save a copy of the book or what? She's burning sure. her book, which is called Some of Her Parts. S-O-M-E. Yeah. And she's going to... She was burning it because she's going to rewrite it. About Moira, and she's going to call it some of her pants. But don't bump. Or <laughs> she could say some of her parts and some of his brain. <laughs> some of her parts, some of his parts, mix it all together. You get a chick who can pee standing up. Oh, and Jenny works at the planet now. Obviously, she'll make more money at the planet than she made scanning groceries. Can this girl, she has a degree. Can't she get a job as a copy editor or something? I what's, mean, what's her degree in? Creative writing? (laughs) I think it may be. Yeah, I suppose a creative writing degree. I think most of the people that work at the coffee shop have a a creative writing degree or an art history degree. Then they cut to the next scene, which is Bet with the baby in the pool splashing around, and Tina just keeps talking about that damn breast pump. Like, that's so sexy. 
Oh, God. At one point, they actually show her take the cup and, like, put it on. Ew, she's nasty. There is nothing as unsexy as motherhood, apparently. Yeah, Bet's like, Tina, I'm going to miss you. And Tina's like, I got to put this pump on my breast. (laughs) 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 She is nasty. And then Bet tries again. She's like, I'm going to miss you. And Tina's like, I'm getting a hickey on my boob. <laughs> she does. That's about the nicest thing Bet is capable of saying is, oh, I'll miss you. Like, for Bet, that's a huge declaration of love. And Tina, who I thought last season or the first season was, like, all needy and emotional and blah, blah, blah. And now she's like, I don't care. I've got a baby and a career. I don't need you. I need... Do you think there's a connection between Tina's sudden obsession with money and her coincident obsession with penis? Maybe. I mean, maybe she's um, connecting financial security with men because men tend to make more money than women. What do you mean? I don't know. She just seems to become obsessed with money and dick simultaneously. Tina just wants to become a loser. Like, she wants to move to the suburbs, marry some dude, raise her baby, and... Get a minivan. Yeah. I don't understand why Tina ever came back to bed. Well, last season, they made it seem like she was reluctant, but that she really did deep down want Bet back. And now this season, she's like, now that I have you, fuck you. I know. Like, they made it seem like she loved Bet, but she her trust had been breached, and she just didn't know if she could trust Bet, and she was angry that she'd been cheated on, but it seemed like she just had more emotion. And now, all of a sudden, Tina's so cold, she just doesn't even... Like, Bet might be a bitch, but you can tell that she likes Tina. Well, Tina did say something about, when they were talking about the senator, she was like, she's power-hungry, and Tina was like, yeah, that's what's so sexy about her. So maybe now that Bet is no longer, like, this powerful character... She's unemployed. She's at home with the kid. Maybe she's not sexy to Tina anymore. Well, those are the wrong things to base falling in love with someone on. You don't fall in love with someone because of what job they have. You do if you're a heterosexual woman, and apparently she's a heterosexual woman. You know, obviously Tina is not a het. And some people are like, well, you shouldn't say she's straight now because she's bisexual and that's demeaning. But I think that, yes, there are some people like Alice who are bisexual and they're looking for, quote, the same things in a man as they are in a woman. But then there are also some people that they're gay for a while and then they're straight for a while or vice versa. And I don't think Tina's bi. I think she was gay and now she's going to be straight. Yeah. And I think that that exists. You would think the bisexuals of all people would be less eager to categorize everyone into these strict, rigid categories. They're not. They're just saying everyone's bisexual. It's a scale. We got some emails like, quit calling Tina straight. She's bisexual. That's disrespectful. And I'm, you know, there's more than just gay, straight, and bi. Those things don't even exist. It's all a gray area. Dee 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 dee. <laughs> What's that? The more you know song. I don't know what you're talking about. You remember, like, you'd be watching an after-school special, and then a public service announcement would come on, like, don't kick your dog. And then it'd be like, dee-dee-dee-dee, the more you know, star rainbow. Oh, I didn't know that's, I didn't know that was the tone. You're too old, that's why. No, I know what you're talking about. I just didn't (laughs) think it went, dee-dee-dee. I thought it was more like, that's the same thing. (laughs) You suck. I hate you. I'm getting a new co-host. God damn it. 
The dog's our audience. <laughs> Look, he's so attentive. He's, he's just sitting there, like, looking back and forth. You say something, he looks at you. I say something, he looks at me. But there's a little pause crossed in front of him, so <laughs> politely. Just pretend like he's, you know, our 3,000 listeners staring at us. <laughs> God, you lesbians need a haircut. <laughs> and take off those dog collars. No. Okay, come on. We got to move on. We're already 20 minutes into it again. We haven't talked about anything. Um, well, I'm talking about stuff. We're talking about Tina's sexuality. That's a major theme of the show right now. Okay. First of all, I want to like Tina. What? I'm just so fucking sick of her. I don't even want to talk about her. Who cares? I want to like her. I want to like Tina. And there's like right now there is nothing likable about her. She's a total cunt face. Right. She's and got not a in a good personality, way. Horrible looks. She's mean. I don't like her. I just, I don't understand this direction they're going with Tina because, but I mean, I know a lot of people whose lives have been enriched by motherhood and it, it opens up new facets of your personality. Uh, it's not. Who? Like my sister. (laughs) Okay, bad example. I don't know anyone. Okay, I know like one person. There are some people somewhere whose lives are enriched by children. There are some hip mamas. True. I've seen them on TV. (laughs) Just like there are pandas somewhere. They're just very rare. (laughs) But they exist. Hopefully our five listeners aren't mothers yet. Quit saying that. People think you mean it. We know that we have thousands of listeners because when we check our numbers, when we go to pay to pay for our podcast, um, it shows how many people listen. So quit pretending because we keep getting emails like, I know at least two other people who listen. (laughs) (laughs) It's just easier for me to do this show and also to like say these profane and retarded things that I say if I imagine no one's listening. Okay. When we get to the chart, though, we're starting to really pick up some international women as well. Taste the gay rainbow. I'd like to pick up some international women. God damn you, Casey. (laughs) What? I like those French girls. French girls? Mm, Yummy. I thought you liked Jews. I just said that so I could get you in bed. (laughs) You Irish lesbians are all alike. One of these days, it's going to work. All right, come on. (laughs) Let's talk about this show that we're supposed to be talking about. Okay, so Jenny's working at the planet, and Billy is there talking to Kit. And I noticed for the first time in this episode, all right, Billy, when he talks to Kit, he always gets this, like, attitude. And he kind of pushes Kit around. She's not used to it. And in a way, I think that's what makes him a good manager. He makes Kit not take herself so seriously. But then Boyra shows up at the planet, and all of a sudden we see this whole other side of Billy. He's, like, sweet and nurturing and kind and accepting. That's a totally different Billy than we saw, Well, you know, calling David Dark Star or whatever. Yeah, at first when he got there, he, it's like he had to let his presence be known. And plus, he's being nice to his own kind. I mean, we do the same thing. We're nicer to gay people than we are to straight people. That's not true at all. First of all, you hate gay people. <laughs> I <do not>. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think that it's something else. Part I think part of why Billy is so successful is that he's really good at reading people. And I think that he can tell when someone is vulnerable and when someone can stand to be pushed around a little bit. And I think he sees that Boyra is a little bit vulnerable and a little bit lost. And deep down, he's just a really sweet guy and he wants to help her out. 
Do you think his, quote, guest starring role is going to last the whole season? Because that can happen. No, I think, spoiler alert, fast forward like 30 seconds if you don't want to hear this, but um, I think that Billy's contract was like nine episodes. Too bad, because I wish, well, there are only 12 this season, right? No, I think there are more than that. Oh, I don't know. Okay, well. 12? I think there are 12. rip-off. Lost has like 24. Yeah, but they're on ABC. They don't have to blow their whole budget on Prada scarves for their poorest characters. We'll get to that later. I will be sad to see um, Alan go because he's a cutie pie and I like him. But Yeah, and plus his character's actually, like, I liked him before just because he's who he is. But now his character's really likable. Yeah, he is. They could they could use some more fags on the show. Maybe one. Well, I think that, one per season is enough, personally. No way. Fa- how are you going to have a show? The show's not going to be funny unless they put fags on there. Main characters well, of like a lesbian Billy show? Billy is a supporting character. They have main characters that are lesbians on that gay show. Yeah, but they suck. But at least they make an effort. Okay, well, I could go for, you know, a couple or two, but I mean, like, a couple or two couples. But I don't want to see the show get overrun by fags, because I already run everything else in the gay community. Oh, give me a break. They First do. of all, the show would not be overrun by fags, and second of all, there are brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Because so far the only fags on the show have been uh, Dana's beard and from season one. Oh, right. And that hustler drug addict, he's a really great Who? representation. Oh, Shane's friend. right. Well, now there's like <laughs> the skate park people. Are they? I don't know if they're Moe's or not, though. Well, the guy said something like, my boyfriend is going to paint your pussy. No, he said that his boyfriend was going to build her booth. Yeah, but he's far from a main character. Plus, like I said, none of them looked at Carmen's ass. If you if Carmen walks by and you don't look at her ass, then you're a gay man. Even gay men look at Carmen's ass. Here we go again, Carmen's ass. <laughs> we should just change this to the Carmen's ass podcast because that's all we care about. Well, it's not like we can really. I don't talk care about, about plot. I don't care about character. I just care about Carmen's luscious <laughs> cheeks. I would change the show to that. But, I mean, what else can you say? You can just sit here for an hour and be like, oh, it's a nice ass. Like, you can't just keep saying that, but it just but enters we do. your mind. Whenever you think of Shane or Carmen or anything related to the butt, it's Carmen's ass. So it's hard not to bring it up to my mouth to kiss. Yeah, that was really awkward the other night with my parents at dinner when you started talking about Carmen's ass. And then yeah, my mom said, oh, I know what you're talking about. I know. Everybody knows. The mailman knows. Everyone knows about Carmen's ass. Okay, moving on from Carmen's ass again. Then they went to, um, they showed an interview with Billie Jean King and Dana. Oh, yeah, and that didn't totally fit into the show. I think they just put it there to get Billie Jean King on TV, on the show, which is cool. That was fine. And then, like, she said something like this. Was that before the match? Uh, yeah, it was supposedly she had won a match, and then she had her interview before, like, the match for the win. So, uh, Billie Jean King is kind of a village elder, so thanks a lot, Billie, for making my life easier. So, okay, Dana whoops some ass at the Mercedes-Benz table tennis tournament. (laughs) Okay, this is what I was going to say. When was the show taped? Like, a year ago? No, not that that Okay, well, this week... In tennis, have you followed any of this or heard any of this? 
I'm not that dykey. <laughs> I don't know anything about sports. Give me a break. Well, this week, um, Amelie Morismo won, or she got to the Grand Slam in tennis. She's an out lesbian player, and it's like it's this huge comeback story, and it's the first final she's gotten to in like ten years or something, and it's it's been all over the gay news. And then they showed this about Dana. It was really weird because it was like that really happened this week. That's cool. I have no idea what you're talking about. I've never heard of that person, but no. sounds she's good a, to me. She's a French tennis player. Oh, here we go on those French chicks again. <laughs> but anyway, I just thought I'd throw that in because it really happened, and I thought that was strange. That's awesome. What's her name again? Amelie Morismo. Okay, so yeah, they show her mat in the match. She has a moment of fatigue and then right. recovers herself to totally spank her opponent. Mm-hmm. And then she makes out with Lara on national television or Never happen. Yeah. Never, ever happen, especially right now in this climate. And she wouldn't even try. Like, there'd be snipers in the stand that would, like, <laughs> shoot them to death if they even held hands, if, the, if that were real life. Well, maybe that'll be inspiration for uh, Amelie to make out with her partner on the <laughs> court. If she tries it, she's probably going to spend the next 10 years of her life in Guantanamo with no charges. And then they win their fatty Mercedes R-Class. Oh, is that what it was? Yes, Lara. <laughs> <laughs> I totally identified with that. Like, you don't know anything about cars, but you know a nice one when you're in it. Oh, and then um, Dana, the queen of stating the obvious. I think Alice is going a little crazy. <laughs> I like Dana's facial expressions. <laughs> you think, that. Dana? Maybe? <laughs> maybe she's a little bit off her rocker? I don't know. Well, her show's kind of going to shit. Oh, I know. Her producer is like, you're stabbing me in the heart. <laughs> That was really, really well like, acted. A dick? A dickhead? <laughs> the president. I, just, I love that. Like, the word dickhead immediately to her is associated with George W. Bush. Yeah. That whole is, scene seemed really, it seemed impromptu. So if she, if that wasn't, then she's a really good actress because she really seemed like she was at a loss for words. And I don't know. I like her a lot. Yeah. Leisha Haley is pretty awesome. That whole scene was funny. With the producers like knocking her head against the plexiglass. <laughs> oh, she just totally seems like the public radio type. I mean, she just looks like you'd see in the grocery store. And the producer? Be, yeah. Yeah. She, she looks like a real lesbian. They should keep her on the show. I think she's cute. Give a pig a fucking pancake. <laughs> <laughs> give a pig a... She should have gone with give a pig a pancake, because then she went to give a pig the presidency and... <laughs> She did have a point. The Republicans were completely obsessed with Bill Clinton's penis. This episode in its entirety was pretty critical of the Bush administration, which I support that. Um, there was on one of the message boards, some Republican lesbian posted last week. Last week after, uh, there was some comment. Oh yeah, Bet said something about this administration is fucking crazy because they're cutting funding from the arts. And this person posts on the message board, I don't see why this show has to be political or be critical of this administration. I just want this to be entertainment, and I wish that they wouldn't criticize our government. That person was a phony. I suspected they might be a troll, but I think she was for real. I mean, there are, just like there are hip mamas, there are Republican lesbians out there, I guess. Well, if you're a Republican lesbian, 
We don't want you listening to our show. <laughs> yeah, fuck off and die. Yeah, go jump off a bridge. Yeah, Uncle Tom. <laughs> Aunt Tom. <laughs> okay, so, and then the response, of course, was like 3,000 pissed off dykes. Like, what the fuck are you talking about, bitch? Being gay is a political act, and they're just reflecting the reality of our lives. They reflect our lives in other ways, and this is something that, this is the way we live. We bitch about the government when there's a Republican in power. It's totally realistic. And the responses to that, and then there were two. It was like two Republican lesbians versus 3,000 pissed off green dykes or Democrats or whatever. And their response was, being gay is just who you like to kiss. It's not not a political act. It has nothing to do with politics. You know what? Tell that to Matthew Shepard. That is the biggest pile of steaming dog shit I've ever (laughs) heard in my life. It wouldn't be a political act if the government that was in power right now weren't actively opposing us in every possible way they could think of. Right. It shouldn't be a political act. But unfortunately, it is because our every move is monitored and criticized by those fucking Republicans. Die, Republicans. Die! Man, there's like three strikes against me. First of all, my people killed Jesus. <laughs> but at least wait what are the other two well at least jesus hates fags more than he hates dykes <laughs> sorry about your luck but pirates you guys are gonna go to hell a little bit faster than me but i'll see you there eventually for the gay pride picnic in hell i don't think that's true though i think that jesus hates dykes more just like society does um, I disagree on both counts. Jesus and society, I think, both hate anal sex more than they hate cunnilingus. Women can have anal sex. That's true. So anyway, the political content of the show, I mean, I guess maybe it's controversial to some people, but I like it. I'm it into it. It seems like common sense to me. I mean, it's it's realistic. That's how we are. We bitch about the government. Even people that are not Americans bitch about the American government almost as much as we do. So right on, Bet. I hope Bet keeps every week. I hope Bet and Alice have some other shitty thing to say about George Bush. Wouldn't bother me at all. Yeah, and I hope they turn them into sound bites and play them over and over on NPR or something. <laughs> oh, and then I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but Bet's testifying in front of a Senate committee that's deciding how much of the funding they're going to rape away from the arts and pour into killing innocent Iraqi children. And the senator's like, this art is an insult to our men and women in Iraq (laughs) defending freedom. And he burns the art. Grandstanding. Do you see a little bit of hypocrisy here? Well, that's exactly what Ben is saying. They're defending freedom, therefore you shouldn't have freedom of speech. <laughs> that's if America. If someone can explain that to me, please do, because <laughs> Vancouver is looking pretty nice this time of year. I'm getting so pissed off. we got to stop talking about politics. <laughs> okay, start I'm throwing sorry. shit around the room. <laughs> I know. Well, you know what? You know why we're talking about politics? Once again, there were no nipples. Where's the nipple? I watched The L Word, not because I want to hear snarky political commentary, but because I want to see some boobums. Yeah, they should just cut out the whole entire intro. And, like, when they show everyone's name, you know, it'll say, like, Leisha Haley. And then they'll just show her bo- a super close-up of her boob. And then they'll be, like, Mia Kirshner. And then it'll be her boob. And it'll just be, like, a big collage of the boobs. boob montage. That'd be better than, This is the way. <laughs> I fucking hate that song. 
the intro could be just like a little webcam following the dog around the yard as it sniffs flowers, and it would be better than the intro they have right now. The intro could be just black and white type with all their names scrolling, and that would be better than the shit that they And complete now. silence. <laughs> no music. Or maybe like an accordion off in the distance. Okay. What? Today, okay, today's episode is called Let's Go on a Tangent. <laughs> It was, it was really like an awesome episode and I loved it and I really got into it. I guess it's so good that it's sending us off in all these different directions. It could be because we're doing this in the morning instead of at midnight and we're not all like drunk and tired. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm drunk right now. <laughs> we're high on Starbucks instead. Boyra, real quick, goes to a little get together at Billy's house and he's got some, there's a trans man there who's already transitioned and they've kind of set him up as maybe like a foil for Mora or just a way to say, hey, look, you could have man boobs too. So that was interesting. And at Billy's party, we had a little cameo from gingivitis, a well-known staple of OutQ Gay Radio. Yeah, there's there are a lot of like sneaky little scenes from famous people I this like season. That. Yeah, I like it too. If only they can get Hillary Rodham Clinton on there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then they show Shane and Carmen at home and oh, Carmen's Oh, but wait, all... wait, 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 wait. And while they're at that party, um, Billy says something to Boyra about her becoming Max and then he's like, oh, am I overstepping my bounds? And Boyra's like, no, I've thought about it. Yeah. And Jenny gives her this look like oh my god you're so kinky i could really get into that <laughs> yeah she looked like she liked her even more then yeah she i mean at first you think oh she's being supportive of her girlfriend because jenny is open-minded but then you're like wait a minute this is jenny she's got some crazy shit rolling around in her head probably <laughs> which again just makes her all the more sexy <laughs> like we said Jenny is a kinky bitch. Well, Jenny's the one that said when they got to the party, oh, she sometimes goes by Max. So she's a little bit into it. Mm-hmm. And it, there's they're dropping some hints that she's not the only one that's into it. Alice at the wax party, Shane's kind of opening yeah. party. Alice is like, hey, where's Moira? Where's Boira? And then she's like, she looks like a hot dude. I'm into that. She said, yeah, she said she looks like a hot guy. I like it. I but, like I it, I mean, too. she looks a lot more comfortable with herself that way, so. Yeah, it was interesting, but at the end, they're at the wax party, and Boyra has found a suit, which, hello, total Elka prediction. I said last week, just watch, next week, Moira's going to be wearing a tailored suit. <laughs> That's right. Flash forward a week, I've got my finger on the pulse, I'm telling you. She's wearing a suit, and Jenny's friends, who treated her so shitty and lobsters do a complete 180. It's almost as if Moira's attitude about herself is cueing other people into how to treat her. <clears throat> Moira wears a suit. She looks really comfortable. She looks really sexy. And everybody treats her nice. Well, that's how it would really be. I mean, the more comfortable you are in your own clothes, you like put in a dress on a dike and telling her to go out with her friends. You mean like Shane when she went to the birthday party? <laughs> yeah, and she was uncomfortable there and she didn't know anyone. Imagine if they made her dress like that amongst her friends. She'd feel really uncomfortable. And Yeah, and if Boyra is, is not comfortable and not feeling herself, then other people pick up on that. And that's probably why, as uh, Moira said, Jenny's friends weren't very friendly at the restaurant. But this week, uh, they're warming up to Boyra and she's a pretty good dancer. She looks nice in her suit. She's dancing. She's a good dancer? Yeah, I liked watching her dance. She barely moved, but okay. 
Neither did Shane. Shane obviously can't dance. <laughs> oh, yeah. Carmen is, is being kind of bitchy right now. Pretty much the whole episode, I think Carmen just had PMS or something. Why do you always say this? I didn't get that at all. I mean, she was mad because there was like spaghetti sauce on the floor, but it wouldn't be. And then she's obviously feeling some weirdness about Shane being alone at the party. I don't know if she doesn't trust her to be alone or if she just feels like... Well, I mean... She's not going to be able to babysit Shane at every moment. But Shane's acting weird. What do you mean? She gets this job at this skate park, and she's hanging out with all these gay guys, which is fine, whatever. And she's always smoking weed. And (laughs) then they showed her with with a jacket on that had a big marijuana leaf on the back. I know, like, Shane suddenly turned into a lame-o 14-year-old boy. <laughs> what the freak? Next, next week, she's going to be sitting on the couch playing Xbox 360 all day. <laughs> yeah, and she's, like, skateboarding. I don't know what they're doing with Shane. And she's not dressing. I mean, come on, a black hoodie with a pot leaf on it? Well, she was at home. She looked nice at her party, but... I know, but come on. <laughs> Even Moira is wearing Prada. The girl who can't afford a $15 salad is wearing a Prada scarf. And Shane has to shop at Hot Topic now. <laughs> Hot Topic 10 years ago. And then look at what Carmen was wearing. They're becoming that old lesbian couple that doesn't, like, pay attention to what they're wearing anymore. Because Carmen was wearing, like, overalls with uh, a tube top. Overalls? <laughs> she must have got... She, oh, I bet she traded Moira a pair of overalls for her Prada scarf. <laughs> Yeah, Carmen is attractive, but first of all, they never really delve into her emotional story. I mean, the only thing I know about her is that, like, her dad died or something. But there's, you never see that much going on with Carmen. And all you see is her acting bitchy. Like, she's she's pretty, and there must be something to her if she can land Shane, but it's hard. I'm not liking Carmen right now, because there's nothing to her. She's got a nice ass, and she's bitchy. I don't see her being bitchy. You, sa- you said that the last time. She's a little bit bitchy, but, I mean, I think she's just supposed to kind of be... She's a DJ. She's into music. She's trying to be supportive of her girlfriend. She's super hot, and, <laughs> I mean, she's just this person, and she's kind of funny, and she drops, like, the things that she she does say are kind of funny sometimes like the things she was saying about moira yeah they were rude as hell but they were funny yeah you're right you're right she was kind of funny i don't know we'll see i mean i just if carmen's gonna be a main character on the show then i'd like to know a little bit more about her they'll get there i mean they're barely telling that much about shane well, that's, I think, part of Shane's character is that she's very guarded and you know she's got some shit in her past that she doesn't talk about. To reiterate my prediction, I think that Shane's family is going to come into play somehow in the future. Then they introduce the character of Dylan, the documentary oh, filmmaker. Oh, that's right. To um, Tall, dark, and handsome, just like the psychic said. With a boyfriend. <laughs> Helena can dispatch that boyfriend with no trouble. She is Helena Peabody. We'll see. Wearing some, she's a, just having a regular work day, wearing a shirt that's like cut down to her belly button. <laughs> okay, there's the proof that Tina is straight and not bisexual or gay. Because, okay, Helena walks into the room with her sexy ass shirt on. And then she bends down right next to Tina to watch the television because Dana's playing. And Tina doesn't even give her a second look. You know what? You're right. Even if you'd already hit that and you were finished with it, (laughs) you would love that was. I noticed how sexy that looked. 
I don't especially find Helena attractive, but that shirt she was wearing, like, if I were talking to her, I wouldn't make <laughs> eye contact. But yes, the documentarist, her name is Dylan. She has a boyfriend. Um, they didn't really say what kind of film she makes, but she's apparently a pretty good artist. Very interesting looking person. She's not conventionally pretty, but she's definitely, she's got a look that works. Alexandria Hedison. <laughs> who? Who's that? Ellen's old girlfriend. Is that who that is? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that's who that was. Good for her. She's no Portia, but she'll do. Right. Well, at least she's really gay. So this, this must be, this Dylan person must be Helena's new love interest. She's going to try to buy some Putang with $100,000. That might work. I think in real life that would work. I think that Dylan is going to cause Helena to change. I think that her personality is going to develop through this relationship, and Helena is going to become a more well-rounded person. We'll just have to wait and see. Do you think that they're going to be hot together? I can't tell. I'm not attracted to the girl, but I always think that at first. So we'll see. I imagined that Helena's new person was going to be super hot and kind of feminine. There's nothing I like better than watching some good-looking rich lesbian bring another straight girl over to the dark side. <laughs> I, lo- I loved it in season one with Jenny, and I'm going to love it now with Dylanna. And then they show Kit and the Manny at home. <laughs> that, was a great, that was a great little scene. Which one? Bit of a seduction scene. Uh, Angus is trying to get in Kit's pants. And Kit is, in a way, just being flirty and playing hard to get. He's not trying to get into her pants. He just wants a kiss. I'm sure. Well, I mean, he all I, all I mean is he's flirting with her. He likes okay. her. Yeah. And she's kind of flirting back, but she's like, no, we can't do this. You're too young, blah, blah, blah. And it's pretty playful, and he lists all these older women that have gone out with younger men. At first, it seems like Kit's just being coy, but then she drops the M-bomb. <laughs> She's like, Kit's like, and I'm going through menopause. Right, and he has this look of horror on his face. <laughs> he just, like, is frozen. <laughs> It'd be like if she was like, um, and, oh, hold on, I gotta go change my tampon. Like, that's the look he had, like, uh. <laughs> uh so, I don't know, I don't think that that's gonna put the brakes on. No. They're obviously going to have a relationship. They're going to form their own little partridge family. They spend more time with Angelica than Angelica's parents do. Then we fly to D.C. to the home of the senator. Oh, yes. Where she's trying to seduce Bet. Senator Grisham has a whole seduction scene set up for Bet. Dana Delaney's playing her. Who's that? You don't know who Dana Delaney is? Mm-mm. She was on China Beach. I used to have a mad crush on her when I was a teenager. Really? She was, well, that was a long time ago, and she was really young and hot. Now she's playing a gay senator on the L Word. Weird. Interesting. China Beach. You never saw that? No. Generation Gap. Yeah. And so I thought Bet was going to go for it. I thought she should have gone for it. I was sitting here, I was in front of the TV, like, do it, Bet! Do it with the senator! And that scene where she called her... That was hilarious. Yeah, Bet runs to the bathroom to call <laughs> Tina, like, the senator's trying to seduce me. What should I do? That was awesome. And Tina's like, why are you calling me? I don't even care about you, basically. Well, yeah. She's like, what are you calling me for permission? That seat, that phone conversation seemed so realistic. I think I may have had that phone conversation with someone. No, I don't know, but it's... Se- when Senator, Senator Heather Wilson tried to seduce you that time? Ew. <laughs> no, but um, where she was like, I just want you to care. And she obviously doesn't care anymore, so she just didn't say anything. Yeah, she just didn't respond, and then they hung up. 
All she needs Tina to say is, I love you, or I care. All she has to say is, I do care. Like, she's not even acknowledging her existence. It's so distressing. Well, what's going to happen when she gets home? Passed up the opportunity to fuck that senator. You could see the regret on her face as she walked out the door. I know. She was was like, Tina's not worth it. (laughs) Oh, shit. I bet they're going to get home. First of all, Tina is not even going to pick Bet up at the airport. Bet's going to have to take a taxi home. She's going to get home, and I bet Tina won't even mention it. She'll just ignore it. No, they're obvi- they're going to say something about it, and that's what's going to bring up that comment from Tina from the scenes of next week. Oh, my God. Oh, and I, I just have to say, Lara wasn't in this show a whole lot, but when she was, she looked adorable this week. It was the cutest Lara has ever looked. She just, like, she was her skin was glowing, and her hair looked really cute, and... That's how she always looks. Don't you remember when they first introduced her character? Oh, well, yeah, I know. Like, Lara is consistently adorable, but this week she was just like, she had that extra teddy bear factor going on. She's just the cutest girl. We'll see how cute she looks with tears streaming down her face next week when they're like, you have cancer. (laughs) Oh. Well, do you think that the scene with Bette and the senator was hot? Not at all. I don't either, because it's like, <laughs> I don't, you have to think that at least one of the people, one of the two people are sexy in order for that to be hot. But it was interesting. Like, I was like, come on, Bet, do it. <laughs> and like, it was cool because Bet was finally with someone who was maybe more of a power player than she was. Yeah, she seemed more on her level. I mean, Tina, she did her little charity gig, but she just doesn't seem very passionate about anything other than whining. And Bet is her whole personality is driven by passion. That's why she's still unemployed. <laughs> I wish that they would stop. Well, when she when Bet finally did leave the senator's house, she said something to her like, "I wish that my girlfriend were as, as passionate as you are," or something. I think she said, "I wish my girlfriend wanted me like you want me." Yeah, something like that. But like, it seems so weird to have this approaching fifty-year-old woman call her partner her girlfriend. Yeah, you're right. Like, come on, just get married. Well, she used to say her life partner, which is ah, so much of a mouthful. It's like, oh, did you draw a contract up for that? Your life partner. That's gross, too. Yeah, she should just say her wife. They really have a lot of problems with terminology in that relationship. Mama B and Mama T. (laughs) Life partner, girlfriend. This is a problem that we all have. Like, You would think that one of us would be creative enough to invent some word that would work well there are words that are invented partner life partner domestic partner but DP. they're not <laughs> they're not put on the same level as wife so because it's not and they're not they're not as cute as, like hi this is my domestic partner that's not an intimate sounding thing it just doesn't sound right yeah maybe we should start using the word lover oh god is she your lover Hi, Mom. This is my lover. No. Okay, right. What What do you, you say? There, the word doesn't exist. You say, well, what do you say? I say my honey. You say your honey? I do. I say girlfriend. And I'm too old to be saying that, I think. I know. Am I going to be 80 years old and like, yeah, this is my girlfriend? A, not a girl. B, more than a friend. This more is... than a girlfriend. <laughs> Hi, this is my fuck buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we're looking at retirement homes. Well, 
I don't know. I guess that I should say honey too, but no, that's not really me. No, it isn't. For you, this you'd be like, this is my personal chef. <laughs> oh, is that how I talk? Eh, eh. <laughs> my personal chef. That's all you want in a woman. You don't care how big her boobs are. You don't care if she's fat or skinny. You That's just not true. To cook you dinner. <laughs> she can mow the lawn too. <laughs> Scenes from next week. Scenes from next week are titillating. Sherry comes back. Sherry comes back looking for some more Shane action. And Carmen turns into a freaky little bitch. Like, ah! And runs out of the room. She screams. <laughs> no, but she she takes one look at Sherry Jaffe. Her head explodes and she runs away. <laughs> That's what I would do, too. Well. And then, okay, if I were Carmen, I'd be like, that lady's a milf. Look at my ass. <laughs> Seriously. And Shane'd be like, okay, Carmen, I'll go home with you right now. <laughs> Just give me some of that at. But no, she's like, act like you have a girlfriend. Well, didn't. Is that what she said? Yeah, she said, act like you have a girlfriend. God. Okay. <laughs> she turns into this whiny bitch baby. again. Yeah. You I just don't I just like ha- her. I don't, but I have the potential to like her if I could just get to know her better, I think. Last season, I'm I didn't like her, her character. This season, I, I like her a lot, which surprises me because I didn't Because you like bitches. Happen. Well, no, I mean, I like the things that she says. It, like, reminds me of things that my sisters would say or something. That's so catty and pointless and so female. I like it. Okay, Bunch so... Bunch of damn lobsters. <laughs> So they're obviously bringing her back because Shane is going to have issues with her infidelity. Well, she's Shane. I mean, right. if you walk to the 7-Eleven to buy a soda and, like, bitches are throwing themselves <laughs> at your feet, how are you going to be faithful? I don't I even mean, know why she I mean, that'd be hard. Bothers. Why does she bother? Shane's ready to fall in love, settle down. Oh, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> Didn't she tell Sherry that she loved her? Yeah. She was crazy for her. Okay, because she didn't say that to Carmen that we know of. Ooh, you're right. I... Dun-dun-dun. I never noticed that, but yeah, Shane's, that I know of, hasn't told Carmen she loves her. Hmm. Question mark? Interesting. And then, also... Uh, this is gonna be, this is gonna be cool. See, I I hope that they use this to, as a way for Shane to kind of get to the root of some of her issues. What issues? for three seasons now, Shane has been, like, hovering around the periphery of the main storyline, and there's all these hints that there's some, a lot of shit going on with her, and you never get any insight into that. But the way that they're going to have to do it is show her in the past being all fucked up. Which will be interesting. I don't necessarily need to see it as a flashback, but she could just, like, talk about it or open up to someone. Then what? She's just going to be, like, another monkey. (laughs) I mean, she's just going to be another lesbian if that happens. That's what's cool about her. I don't know, but this is going to be interesting. Also, in the scenes from next week, they show Tina saying, feelings about men. Yeah, Tina admits to Bet that she craves hairy balls in her chin. <laughs> how do you react to that? Uh, get the fuck out as, of my house, as bitch. Bet. That's what how, I would say. How would you react? Okay, just I like, would be wounded and lay down on the floor and cry and beat my head against the wall. I mean, you have a child with this woman who you love and you're devoted to and you think she's your life partner. And then you come home and she's like, I think I'll have the... What? Beans and Frank? 
I think I'll have the sausage. The salad isn't working out for me. Yeah. What do you? How do you react to that? There's no graceful way. You can be the most open-minded, sex-positive, bi-friendly person in the world. If your girlfriend comes home and says that she craves cock, you're going to say some things that are unfriendly. Yeah, it's the demise of them. I mean, hopefully they'll finally break up now. But then, like, what? What about the baby? Bet's never going to see the kid again. It'll be over. This is bad news. Bad, bad news. Yeah, because what are they going to do? They can't be like, show Tina wanting man come. And then she's, what's she going to do? Become gay again? Bet's the only woman she's ever been with. It just reinforces that horrible stereotype that all any lesbian needs is a good deep dick in. (laughs) I don't know what it's about, but it's uh, disturbing. And then, um, so what else is there to say about Tina? I mean, we have to wait and see what's going to happen. First of all, that she just comes out and (laughs) says it. You may cheat on your girlfriend with a guy, but you don't just come out and say, I've been thinking about men a lot. Let's get to good stuff. What's the good stuff? That is Alice. Oh, right. Something good finally happens to poor little Alice. She has sex with the the lesbian vampire. Yeah, Alice. Okay, Alice has the weirdest dating, even weirder than Kit's. She goes out with Lisa, the lesbian man. (laughs) (laughs) And now she's going out with the lesbian vampire. I know. It's going to be really... What is a lesbian vampire? Um, a loser? (laughs) I don't know, but apparently it appears that the girl is into a little bit of bondage. That'll be good TV. Yeah, so uh, we're going to get to see Alice smile again. And she's all, she has so much stamina, I can't keep up with her. (laughs) (laughs) So is that who we think she's talking about? Oh, yeah, I think it's pretty obvious that it's the lesbian vampire. And then the last scene from next week is they're basically confirming that Dana gets cancer. Oh, God, I forgot about that. Yes, um, Dana apparently does have boob cancer and they say something like this isn't a death sentence but obviously it is and it's a short concise sentence i think i think they're going to do away with her i can't even imagine what's going to happen but this is just awful i i liked erin daniels a lot i uh, mean we're not sure whether she's going to die or not but it sure looks that way yeah and don't fucking send us any spoilers <laughs> damn it but yeah, um, things aren't looking good. And I, I mean, how are they going to replace her? She's the jock. She's just, I don't know. I really think that the character of Dana added so much to the dynamics of the show that it'll be a weaker show without her. So another cliffhanger. Uh, next week's episode is called Lifeline. We'll get to see how these things play out. You know, though, they do say that lesbians tend to get breast cancer at a higher rate than hats because they don't have kids. It's and not, they don't, and they have kids later if they do have children. I think that's weird. Well, and they also say that we don't go get uh, adequate health care. Oh, because you're not covered by a husband. Well, not only that, but just for some reason they say that lesbians are more reluctant to go to the gyno because they're afraid they may be discriminated against. Well, not only that, but what's the main reason people go to the gynecologist? Birth, birth control, control and pills. STDs, which neither right. of which we really have to worry about. Right. So, so ladies out there. All our <laughs> listeners, straight, gay, or otherwise, you need to get your annual pap. It's really not that big Ew, of a deal. don't say that. Your, this is my PSA for this week. Go don't say get it. your pap. Go get your yearly exam. You scooch down to the edge of the table. It's no big deal. It's over in a second. Sometimes my gyno gives me a little hug after and tells me I did a good job. 
So how do you rate the show? Um, I'm going to say, because they introduced so many new lines, uh, seven and a half. So you liked lobsters better than yeah. like my... Oh, well, I give this week's show an eight and a half <laughs> because it's my favorite episode so far, uh, mostly for the reasons you said. But I refuse to ever give a show a nine or a ten yes. unless there are boobs. That's my rule. So eight and a half, it was really good. <laughs> I loved it. Lots going on. Can't wait to see what's going to happen next. And I was, I've been thinking about adding a new segment to the end of the show as well. I was at work yesterday and I was listening to The Murmurs which is Leisha Haley's old band, obviously. And I, I was noticing that, like, every song on the album could be applied to one of the characters on the L Word. I think that I'm going to start at the end of the show. I'm going to play us out with a little song, and you have to guess which character this song represents. We're going to deviate from our usual podcasting scheme this week. I know how you love it when we deviate. We're going to put up the chart in a couple days as a separate episode. And the reason for that is because this week when we publish the chart, we have a big announcement to make that you guys are all going to be dying to hear. So stay tuned for the chart and our super secret big announcement. I'm bored with myself. 